Hey guys, Erica here. Um, before we start this week's episode with Stephanie and Nicole as a guest host, um, I just want to say thank you to our fans for their patience for the last two weeks. Uh, my father was recently diagnosed with glioblastoma, and it's been a bit of a rough uh, few weeks, to say the least, and an emotional roller coaster nonetheless. It's, um, it's not fun, um, but I do want to thank Stephanie, and I also want to give out a huge shout out to Nicole for stepping in and subbing for me. And I hope you guys really do enjoy this episode. It's about cryptoids and Nicole is extremely knowledgeable and I think you guys will love it. So again, thank you so much for your patience. We really do appreciate it and we really do love you guys. Um, you guys are the best. So we'll be back to normal programming by next week, hopefully, and we'll be talking about some other fun things. So keep the emails coming and I love you guys, and I'll be here next week. So cheers and spooks. Here's Stephanie and Nicole. Demons, 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 ghosts, demons, 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 possessions, demons, 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 ghosts, demons, demons, demons. I'm gonna exercise you. Hello, everybody. It is Stephanie from Cheers from the Grave, and today we have some awesome awesome stories to tell you we have cryptids nicole is my friend and she is all she knows all things cryptid i should say those are her biggest thing she loves them so much <laughs> she's nervous right now so she just said currently i'm recording with only one microphone um so if you hear the distance between us i'm sorry i'm going to move this in front of her when she goes to speak but that is just this is you know me whatever <laughs> Um, but today, yes, we will be talking about cryptids. I know that our listeners have been wanting a cryptid episode um, for quite a while now, actually. I know that when we first started, there was a bunch of uh, reviews on our podcast that were like, oh, I, I hope they do cryptids next. Uh, it probably was Nicole, but no. Um, we actually had quite an amount of people who were very interested in us hoping that we could cover those topics as well. And I mean, I feel like recently with the need of Area 51, <laughs> especially all over um, Facebook. Got to get those aliens out here. So, yes, yeah, so this week we'll be talking about cryptids. And once again, I am Stephanie, and I will be introducing you to Nicole. All right, everybody, this is Nicole. Hi, everyone. I'm Nicole. Nice to be here. <laughs> Thanks to Stephanie and Erica. Yes. Take it away. Let's take it away. Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm Nicole, and I'm going to be talking about the skunk ape. So, as some of you know, Stephanie and I are from Florida, and the skunk ape is native to the Everglades here. It's one of my favorite things ever. And the skunk ape is one of the cryptids that could be real. A lot of people talk about it. They have a whole bunch of research pages. Um, just basically talking about the skunk ape. It's also known as a swamp cabbage man, the swamp ape, the stink ape, the Florida Bigfoot, the Louisiana Bigfoot, the Mayaka ape, swamp squatch, and the Mayaka skunk ape. <laughs> so basically, it's a humanoid creature said to inhabit the state of Florida. Um, it could also go to North Carolina and Arkansas. Well, the reports are mostly from Florida. Um, if you look up the, the, the skunk ape online, there is an old photo of him, and it basically just looks like an orangutan 
with black hair and the typical Bigfoot face. You know what that is. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the typical Bigfoot face. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the skunk ape is called the skunk ape because of its smell. Um, it's known to smell kind of like a wet dog and a skunk mixed together. And that's according to the Skunk Ape Research Headquarters of Florida. We have a headquarter? <laughs> skunk Ape Research Headquarters of Florida. Oh my god. Okay. Um, basically, the main person who kind of discovered the skunk ape and is talking all about him is Dave Sheely. Um, they like to call him the Jane Goodall of the Florida Everglades. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Sheely has spent his entire life studying a smelly humanoid cryptid known as the skunk ape, our best friend, and has established the, the official skunk ape research headquarters of Ochopee, Florida. Okay. Here, Sheely conducts, studies, investigates, reports on sightings, and brings awareness to the elusive creature of the Everglades. So, as we talked, he has an unusual odor, and... On top of the skunk and wet dog, a lot of reports recount him smelling of rotting garbage, methane, Ooh. or just like skunks. Yeah. <laughs> um, some researchers attribute the mammal's odor to its natural habitat of the alligator dens, which are filled with swamp gas and animal cadavers. So that kind of makes sense in Why it smell the like skeptics that? of the skunk ape. Others... They do like to say that the skunk ape smells like that due to lack of bathing. And same. same. <laughs> I feel that. Am I the skunk ape? <laughs> I haven't been to the Everglades. We'll find out. <laughs> so, Sheely has seen the skunk ape and knows all about them. And it's a little weird how he does. But he says an average male skunk ape reportedly stands at six to seven feet tall and weighs roughly 450 pounds. Same. Same. <laughs> And the female skunk apes are considerably smaller, standing at only 5 to 6 feet tall, weighing only up to 250 pounds. Absolutely same. And both sexes are covered in long, reddish-black hair, similar to that of an orangutan or gorilla. So the picture I talked about earlier kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. But they also stand upright on two legs, which gives them that whole Bigfoot look. And there is castings of their footprints, and they have four toes on each foot. Apparently, seasonal stool samples have indicated that they are omnivores. How do we know? <laughs> are they just, they're just picking up shit and they're like, hey, this could be from the skunk ape. <laughs> I believe so. <laughs> but oh, apparently God. they're omnivores. So they <laughs> eat bird, birds, like little baby birds, nestlings, which is, I think, kind of problematic in my opinion. Ooh. I don't know how I feel about that. They eat the wild hogs. Which kind of good, they're kind of dangerous down here, and native berries. And then stories of the skunk ape go back much further than the 20th century. The Muskalk and the Seminole tribes that lived in the Everglade Forest before the European, European settlers ever arrived claimed they'd been seeing the skunk apes in the woods for hundreds of years. They called it the, I'm sorry if I butcher this, the Esti Kapkaki, or the Tall Man. He is a protector of the woods, and they say that he keeps away those who would damage the forest. I like this Lorax skunk ape that we have yes, going on. Yes, me too. And even when you don't see the Florida skunk ape, they believe he watches you forever vigilantly gazing over those who enter his domain and using his mystic powers to vanish into thin air. Oh, I wish. <laughs> I love the skunk apes. 
And that's basically it on the Skunk Ape. Um, okay. If you ever find yourself in the Everglades of our weird state of Florida, yeah. please go to one of the few Skunk Ape sighting tours available. There are many. Okay. Absolutely many of them. Awesome story. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Nicole. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Anytime. And so going on with that probably has nothing to do with it. However, the smells might. I will be talking about the hellhounds. Let me guess. The smell of sulfur. Yes. 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 So <laughs> in case you're not aware, a hellhound is a monstrous dog leashed to the spiritual world. Um, is often nicknamed bearer of death in some parts of the world, and they can often be found guarding entryways to afterlife or skulking, ugh, skulking in the shadows behind a person who's doomed to die. So, uh, okay. where are you at? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, their physical traits happen to be, um, they vary from region to region, uh, they do tend to strike fear in the hearts of witnesses wherever they do pop up. So um, they can be considerably larger than a normal dog, or they can be small, you know, depending on what region they're in. So normally a small hellhound is considered about the size of a mastiff, and while a large one can dwarf like horses and bears, their hair is normally black as coal, and their eyes glow with an angry red or green flame. The most terrifying individuals may have multiple heads or earier still, no head at all. So, multiple heads, you know. Um, no head. No more no head, shit. That's kind of terrifying. So what, no head? Ugh! <laughs> Sorry, I am vining it right now. Um so, uh, spotting a hellhound can often be difficult since they are mostly nocturnal creatures and their black hair tends to blend in with the darkness of the night. But still, if you keep alert, you might smell a sulfurous odor as the beast gets closer, or you might notice a trail of scorched ground where its path crosses yours. Uh, despite their ferocious appearance, most hellhounds are more mysterious than hostile. They rarely attack humans unless they are provoked. In fact, if you ever wanted to fight one of those monsters, which would be unlikely, it would probably run away or disappear into the mist or shadows before you even had time to launch an attack. I think your dog might be a hellhound. Shit, he probably is. <laughs> He's very friendly, though, so probably not. Probably he not. He kind of looks like one, though. He does. He's With the head. With, the with head. a head. <laughs> that wants to lick you at all hours of the night. It's ridiculous. Um... But, you know, in some stories, hellhounds are valiant and devoted guardians, and they might be assigned to guard a treasure or a sacred ground, uh, in which cases they will spend an eternity gl glowering over their charge. Again, these beasts will only attack if they are provoked, but if you put one toe too close to their treasure, it might be the last move you ever make. Your dog is a hellhound, and he's protecting you. <laughs> or is or is he protecting the cats? I believe it's the cats. I believe it yes. is the cats, yes. <laughs> um, unlike their free cousin, a guardian hellhound will never back down or run away from a fight. So if you see one roaming, it will disappear on you. But if they are guarding something, they will probably attack you. Okay. All right, I feel that. 
Um, in a few rare cases, hellhounds have been seen escorting women through the night or escorting souls on their way to the afterlife to protect them from other monsters that might be lurking in the dark. These accounts seem to show that the canine that the canines are soft-hearted and benevolent. Benevolent. However, other rare cases have documented the hounds attacking churches or other religious gatherings, which might paint them in a nastier light. But they walk women to their cars, right? Or yeah, to they, the afterlife. They, no, they, so um, in certain regions, um, it's known that the hellhounds actually protect the women throughout the night. So if they tend to walk home on their own at night, they'll make sure that they reach their home safely. They just seem like good boys to me. I know. They're all good boys. Maybe good girls. We don't know. Good creatures. Good creatures. Good hellhounds. We love them. <laughs> um, these hellhounds do have many supernatural skills that make them both powerful allies and fearsome enemies. Um, they have incredible speed and strength, even for large predatory animals like themselves. They can out outrun a cheetah in a race and rip down trees with their claws. And they are also masters of disguise, able to conjure up close, able to conjure up cloaks of mist. And shapeshift into various forms, or even vanish into thin air. In cultures that associate fire with hell, these hounds are also able to play tricks with flames, where they scorch the ground where they walk, or their claws are as hot as flames when they lash out. Um, they are brilliant at dramatic entrances or exits. Same. <laughs> um, or conjuring up pillars of fire to transport themselves. Overall, the Hellhound's most dreadful ability is the uncanny sense of death. So if you see a if you see a Hellhound, odds of dying in the next year skyrocket. But if you see them three times, you're definitely a goner. I'm waiting on that. <laughs> Where? Where are you at though? Um, it is unclear whether these black specters appear merely as omens of death or if seeing them actually causes the death. Either way, they are not a welcome sight. Um, so I'm going to go through different areas and different regions of what they believe hellhounds are, since they do differ. Um, in Greek mythology, um, Cerberus, who guarded the underworld for Hades, um, he was there to prevent death, or sorry, he was there to prevent dead souls from escaping back into the world above. Um, he had three heads. And ferocious jaws and eyes, and had the tail of a snake. <laughs> and at one point in history, history, he was captured by Hercules and removed from the underworld, which caused him so much distress um, and anxiety because of, of abandoning his post um, that he vomited poison and howled with grief. Poor baby boy. I know. But eventually he was returned back to the underworld. Okay, that's good. That made me really anxious just yes. hearing that. Yes. Um, in China, there is uh, a black, huge black demon dog named um, Tiangao and is blamed for causing eclipses by eating the sun or moon. While in Japan, a wolf-like demon named Okuru Inu is said to follow men and women who travel by night. And if the traveler has a worthy heart, the Okuri Inu will protect him from other monsters. But 
if, however, the traveler displays cowardice or clumsiness, the hound will devour him. Oof. Okay. Let's not cross that one. <laughs> no, but there are um, also, there have been plenty of sightings in like England of like giant dogs as well. Um, not only in England, but like in Scotland and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is said that England is haunted by more hellhounds than any other country. From bustling coastal towns to lonely estates on the moor, where each region has its own incarnation of the hound. Um, the Barghest belongs to the Yorkshire area in northern England. He is noted for his talent as a shapeshifter, frequently appearing as a headless woman or a white cat or rabbit, as well as the traditional black dog. He is also less shy than other hellhounds, and he is quite comfortable loping into town square. Okay, Stephanie, what I'm getting from all these versions, they're just dogs. They're just dogs. They're just dogs. A little ferocious, but... I mean, to me, all dogs are puppies and not ferocious, and if they do bite, then what did you do to them? Yes. What did you do to them? (laughs) There's another one called the Black Shuck, which belongs to the coastal areas of Norfolk, Essex, and Suffolk, and he is distinguished by an unusual physical trait. He has only one eye glowing in the center of his forehead, and generally Black Shuck is one of the gentle, gentle, one of the most gentle hellhounds, choosing to spend his time protecting women and young girls when they have to travel at night. However, in the 16th century, he made an infamous attack on two churches, killing two people and causing the steeple to fall through the roof. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know how to pronounce this other one because I do not know Welsh. <laughs> um, you don't? No, you? No. <laughs> um, uh, but this one does belong to Wales. Quinn Awin? That seems right. Quinn Awin, who generally travels alone travels with a collection of other supernatural characters and they are called the wild hunt when they aren't joining in the sport of the wild hunt they spend their time guiding lost souls to the other world a paradise that can be reached after death okay okay and how do we properly pronounce this let's see kunawin kunawin okay that seems right kunawin and so another one is the Yeath Hound, and it belongs to Devon. And like some other bearers of death, this hound is headless. He rarely interacts with humans, but his wailing cry can be heard by night travelers and is frequently interpreted as an omen of death. The final one for our English hellhounds is just called the Black Dog of Bully and belongs to the England belongs to England's Channel Islands. It is the fastest of all hellhounds, and it likes to terrify travelers by galloping in circles around them. Sometimes this monstrous beast can run so fast that it actually creates a storm. The hound is known to wear a broken chain draped around its body, but no explanation of this chain has been given. I think I have a story for the chain. The chain? Oh, yes. Please, if you have. I mean, my own opinion... I think it's maybe, since the hellhounds like to protect women walking home alone at night, maybe the chain belonged to one of those women. Maybe. You're right. That would be that, that would be, be such a sweet thing. Very sweet. All I'm seeing is that they're good boys and girls. 
and they they just get angry sometimes. They just get, we all do. Yes. Ugh. I I feel for you, Hachum. Um. <laughs> so uh, there are some also in Norse culture. Um. In fact, the god Odin was said to be accompanied by one or two monstrous wolves who helped protect him from danger. And in one epic poem, Odin rides to hell, the Viking underworld, and encounters a hound there who might be guarding the entryway. It is believed that Odin's wolves or these hounds may have inspired many of England's stories about hellhounds. And also long after the Vikings had passed into pages of history, Scandinavia continued to be haunted by church grims. Um, these are spectral black dogs that guard churches where they live, protecting it from evil spirits who might try to invade the sacred ground. I like these. I know. I love hellhounds so much. In fact, what got me inspired to do Hellhounds was watching Good Omens because there's a Hellhound on it and the Hellhound is given to the spawn of Satan or spawn of, yeah, spawn of Satan. And this Hellhound halfway through the show becomes so good and such a good boy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I love this dog. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but I think I'm going to watch it now yes. just for oh. the Hellhound. The whole reason I started watching the show was because uh, there was a petition out to cancel it. From Netflix. From Netflix. <laughs> even though it was an Amazon Prime special uh, series. And I'm, oh, that's why I had to watch it. I was like, yes, let's cancel it on Netflix. So it's good, right? <laughs> yes, okay. it's so good. Oh, it's got David Tennant in it. Can't go wrong with David Tennant. You're right. Um, we do have our Native American um, versions, which the... Indi- Indigenous people of Mexico and Central America have many legends about Cadejo, a spirit dog that is often seen by travelers. I love that word. Cadejo. <laughs> Cadejo. 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 Um, he's often seen by travelers, um, especially at night. Cadejos come in two colors, white and black. Uh, the white spirits are bene- um, benevolent. And will protect travelers from harm, but the black spirits are evil and will kill travelers if they have the chance. I want the black one. Same. <laughs> they also have a unique gift, and that gift is that they can that they can in fact speak with humans. However, if you listen to them, you will probably go insane. Hmm. That kind of maybe seems like a skinwalker type yeah. deal. Maybe. Which would make sense because there are lots of reports of skinwalkers in Central America and Native the Native yeah. Yeah, tradition. Um, of course, then you have your modern um, incarnations of hellhounds, which you have Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, blah, blah, blah. You do have good omens. Um, you have Harry Potter uh, and also video games. Like Call of Duty and Final Fantasy. Let's not forget on Harry Potter, he was named Fluffy. Yes, he was named Fluffy. And, and he I was think, the goodest boy. And I think that's the best name yes. for all of these hellhounds. Perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is my bit about hellhounds. And that's why I love them. Because who doesn't love a dog? I actually really like that a lot. I learned a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I love them. I learned that I love them. <laughs> Okay. Nicole is testing out her ASMR. <laughs> oh, we're recording. Okay. Yes. Sorry. 
All right, here's a fun one. I learned about this the other day and I can't stop thinking about it. Basically, just picture in your mind a werewolf with wings. Okay. But it's not a werewolf, it's the Bat Squatch. Bat Squatch. Is it real? I sure hope so. Also, fun fact before we get started, if you just want to look up a picture of the Bat Squatch, it is also the mascot of the Rogue Hazy India Pale Ale. That you can buy in stores, not sponsored. Yes, not sponsored. Not sponsored. But we'll take your sponsorship if you'd like. Please, I'll drink all the pale ale. <laughs> Alrighty, so the Bat Squatch is a flying cryptid that was allegedly sighted near Mount St. Helens in the 1980s. They say it resembles a flying primate, similar to the Ahul in the Orang Batty of Southeast Asia. But is okay. <laughs> And its name is prominently derived from the words bat and a sasquatch, as we get the bat squatch. <laughs> I love it. I love it because I came into this with, and that was the bat squatch. <laughs> Shit, we didn't even talk about it. <laughs> We're all over the place today. All right. So a witness allegedly took several pictures of the creature. However, the pictures have not yet been analyzed and thus cannot prove the creature's existence. But isn't that true with all cryptids? Yes. I like to believe in this one. This creature was said to have yellow eyes, a wolf-like muzzle, blue fur, sharp teeth, bird-like feet, leathery bat wings that span up to 50 feet. Oof. Yes. In addition, the bat squash is said to be nine feet tall. And this is a weird one. Has the ability to affect car engines. Okay. It's probably affecting me right now. <laughs> well, I was scared driving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. On June 11th, this man was in his yard walking his dog. He went up to pick the dog and saw something in the sky. His account was, quote unquote, I saw something flying in the sky. It had bat wings, blue fur, and had a face similar to a wolf with glowing red eyes. It was about nine feet tall and... That was it. I just watched it fly away. So pretty vague. Yes, very vague. So obviously the skeptics are kind of, is it real? Is it yeah. not? But here's another fun one. On April 14th, 2014, the Archbishop High School in Akron, Ohio, the second period Spanish class, I don't know why that was specified, <laughs> but they spotted a giant black mass zip by the window of their classroom at an incredible speed. The class claims that it was nine feet tall with a 20 to 30 foot wingspan. Damn. How did they get that that quickly? I don't know. Especially if it was going by super quick. There's not enough information about the Bat Squatch, but I just like to hope he's real. Because when I saw a supposed drawing of him, it made me really happy. <laughs> so that was it for the Bat Squatch. He's one of my favorite cryptids. I love him a lot. <laughs> Well, that was beautiful. Thank you. It was so good. <laughs> He's a fun I guy. Want to, I want to believe he exists as well. I just want to believe. I honestly think he is due to the fact that my car engine is not doing the best right now. So, I mean, I keep thinking about him. Maybe I created a tulpa. Maybe. Maybe. I think he's following me around, so. Ooh. He kind of reminds me of Mothman. Yes. I showed you a picture yes. of the Basquatch, right? Yes. It's a wolf man with wings. I love it. I love it so much. Thank you so much for that story. No problem. All right. And uh, so I'll go ahead and start on with our next one. And that is going to be of the Wendigo. Okay. Yeah. 
So a Wendigo is a product of Algonquin. What did we determine was? <laughs> that seems right. Algonquin. Algonquin. Yes. Okay. So the Wendigo is a product of Algonquin for folklore and is a beast that was feared by all. This terrifying creature was known to have its biggest impact during the winter months and was thought to be responsible for the manifesta manifestation of some of the darkest parts of the human spirit. It is winter, famine, oh my God. Famine, gluttony, and cannibalism incarnate. That's terrifying. Yes. So the Wendigo is known for its insatiable, insatiable, oh my God, I can't talk. That seems right, insatiable. Insatiable greed and hunger for human flesh. The Wendigo is often depicted as a demonic spirit that has power over winter storms and weather events. Because of this, the creature is often associated with the harsh winters of the north. It is said that an angry Wendigo can cause the sky to darken in extreme weather, such as harsh winter winds, tornadoes, and blizzards. The Wendigo is often depicted as a supernatural creature that has the ability to bring famine and harsh winter storms to bear over land. These conditions give it ideal hunting grounds and plentiful victims, both to satisfy its hunger and the need to share its twisted desires. One of the most terrifying aspects of a Wendigo is its inability to be satisfied. Same. <laughs> a Wendigo is always hungry and can never be filled. It takes pleasure in the hunt for prey and the act of killing. But even after devouring the entirety of a human being, its hunger is not quenched. A Wendigo grows with every meal it eats in proportion to the mass it has devoured. Because of this, a Wendigo can never be satisfied and will hu always hunger for more victims actually really scary yeah it's terrifying um so the wendigo is a demon but some wendigos can be created from humans who have been corrupted with greed and the hunger for human flesh these victims are often transformed into wendigos themselves often from the touch or possession of a beast and after they give it in give in to their carnivorous desires with every victim these new wendigos devour they grow and grow it is said that Wendigos have the ability to grow to a size that is unfathomable fathomable by the human mind and that the sight of a Wendigo who has devoured many souls is enough to make the human heart freeze in terror. I didn't know anything about the Wendigo <laughs> and that is actually very scary. Yeah. The most I know I knew about it was from the show Supernatural mm -hmm. and I don't think it was anything like that. Yeah. Um, although a Wendigo is able to exist in the physical world, it is actually a spirit form. Like many spirits, the Wendigo has the ability to become invisible, fly, become undetectable, or even possess humans. Um, the, ex the Wendigo is extremely sensitive. The Wendigo is extremely selective with those that it chooses to possess. Uh, most often, the creature will only possess people who are starving who are gluttonous, or who have had a craving for human flesh before. Um, those who are greedy and have tendencies to display their wealth openly. Um, anyone who becomes possessed with a Wend Wendigo spirit will become, win ugh, will become Wendigos themselves and will continue to exist as a Wendigo until the spirit, it is, until the spirit is exercised. 
or they are killed. However, as Wendigos have incredible strength and are able to move with extreme strength and power, it is highly unlikely that a Wendigo could be killed. Yeah. It's... yeah. <laughs> uh, the Wendigo is a ruthless and savage predator, and it has heightened senses that allow it to tune into every inch of its hunting grounds, which is often extended for miles on end. Its sense of sight, smell, and hearing are so impressive that it is able to track its prey and know the exact movements of its target, even if it is miles away. I'm scared. <laughs> um, although the Wendigo is, oft, is always seeking to fill a deep hunger, it enjoys taking its time before a kill. It will often stalk its prey for hours on end and will reveal its presence in small ways every so often in order to make its prey fearful. A person who is being stalked by a Wendigo will often feel a growing sense of dread that they are being watched or followed. The Wendigo is able to sense their fear and paranoia grow with each heartbeat. This brings the malevolent spirit a sense of excitement and anticipation before the kill. All right. Sorry about that. Um... It is said that the final warning a Wendigo will give before striking is to unleash a blood-curdling howl in the harsh winter winds. The warning does little to help victims, and by the time they hear it, it is already too late. A Wendigo may reveal itself to its victim with a loud shriek or scream, like I described, to increase their level of terror. It is said that the creature is able to sense the fear in the victim, which only adds to the anticipation and excitement. Um, the terror of the victims is Perhaps the only form of joy a Wendigo feels. I don't like that. <laughs> um, Wendigos are also very intelligent compared to other similar beasts and demons. Uh, they are hypersensitive and able to stay attuned to every inch of their hunting grounds, which is sometimes which can sometimes stretch for many miles. Um, they are also very intuitive about their hunting needs. Um, if they sense that they may soon run out of food, um, they will sometimes take the entrails of their victims and put them in large pots as a backup measure. These pots are often then placed at the very tops of tree branches where only the Wendigo can reach. And if the Wendigo senses that it'll be of an especially harsh winter, it will sometimes take victims alive and keep them prisoner in its lair until it is ready to feed. Scared as I am, I kind of want to see what his lair looks like. <laughs> the Grinch's lair, it's just in the mountain. Does he have a dog? Oh, a hellhound. <laughs> um, there is little that can be done to hide from a Wendigo. In fact, many believe that hiding from a Wendigo is impossible. It is said that once the creature captures the scent of its prey, it will always know where the person travels, no matter how far they go. Unlike other creatures and spirits, a home will not keep a person safe from the reach of a Wendigo, and there are many stories that document Wendigos who have managed to unlock a home from the outside and slaughter everyone inside. Keep your alarms on. <laughs> yes. Um, get an ADT alarm, or sorry, not sponsored. Um, <laughs> get an alarm. <laughs> but I mean, like, even if you had an alarm, yeah, no, it's not much. It, he will still slaughter everybody. Um, 
the Wendigo usually proceeds to convert the home into its lair and will hibernate for months or even years until it is awakened by its hunger and, and driven to eat more human flesh. So my neighbor could be a Wendigo. Yes, your, <laughs> your neighbor could be a Wendigo. Um, although a Wendigo is a fearsome opponent, they are not impossible to defeat. It is said that there are several measures that can be taken to protect oneself against a Wendigo. The first thing that should be done is to build a fire. Always. You always kill something with fire. Yeah. You know, Wendigos will do everything in their power to avoid fire. Um, possibly because it's thought that their hearts are made of ice. Hey. <laughs> um, unfortunately, a Wendigo's wounds will heal quickly. And they only become more angry and obsessed with their intended victim after being harmed. It is also thought that magical amulets and charms can be used to give oneself protection. As the Wendigo is a creature of pure, of pure and unbridled evil, it can be dis dissuaded with objects that have been charmed with protective spells. So become friends with your local witch. Yeah, Hi, my name is Stephanie. Let's go to our nearest <laughs> metaphysical shop yes. and get stocked up. Yes. Avalon. Shout out to Avalon. I go there everywhere. All the, Sorry. I go there all the time. And that it, we're not sponsored. Gypsy Apothecary <laughs> Herb Shop is also there. So yes. Not yes. Not sponsored. Um, last but certainly not least, a weapon made of silver is required to go up against a Wendigo. It is said that silver is the only type of weapon that can seriously hurt a Wendigo and a Wendigo can be killed with a weapon made of pure silver if it is driven through the capture, ugh, if it is driven through the creature's heart of ice. Once this has been done, the shards of the creature's heart must be placed in a silver box and buried in a consecra consecrated ground. Mm -hmm. Next, the body must be dismembered with a silver weapon, slated and cremated. The ashes must be scattered to the four winds. Failure to properly follow this procedure will result will result in the re oh my god. Failure to properly follow this procedure will result in the resurrection of the creature in a bloody vengeance. Um, just to go into depth, the physical um, appearance of a Wendigo is not a pleasant one. It is very very hard to look at. I'm um, actually kind of terrified looking at all the Yes, pictures. I have, you can Google search it. Um, you can do any, you just look up a Wendigo and it's terrifying. Um, the Wendigo is a fearsome beast with a gruesome appearance. The creature is often described as having long limbs and being extremely thin, almost emaciated due to its extreme hunger. It's hungry. Most of these creatures are said to be without hair, um, likely due to their extreme mal malnutrition. However, in colder regions, it is reported that Wendigos sometimes have snow-white hair that is often matted with blood and other gore. Uh, the creature is said to have hands that are withered and bony, and at the end of a Wendigo's fingers are very sharp claws that are sharp enough to tear a person apart with a single touch. Many legends report that these claws are made of ice. This is often considered to be a testament to their control over the elements, especially the winter weather. 
Um, a Wendigo's mouth is filled with sharp needle-like teeth that are stained in a disgusted shade of yellow. They are powerful enough to tear through flesh and break bones apart without, difficult, uh, without difficulty. The stench of a Wendigo's breath is overwhelming and filled with death and corruption. What's this corruption smell like? It's, oh, we're not going into okay. that. <laughs> oh, we're not going to go into that. That's a whole different podcast. You're right. <laughs> um, their tongues are said to be a terrible blue and the mouth of the creature is always covered in blood. Some tales claim that the lips of the creature's mouth are missing. Oh, so a white person? <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> it is said that the Wendigo eats its own lips because of its extreme hunger. Uh, the eyes are said to be large, much larger than the average human. Sometimes the eyes are described as glowing yellow or red. Other versions claim the eyes of a Wendigo are pushed back into the skull of the creature and constantly rolled back and forth in blood. The only thing that is visible to human perception is the terrible glow of the eyes that come from the deep from deep within the sockets of the skull. Uh, there are other versions of Wendigo that claim the beast is a de- is that claim the beast is a decomposing humanoid with the head of a deer. Uh, many descriptions of this version of the Wendigo claim that the in- entrails of the creatures are sometimes visible because of the extreme dis- uh, decomposition of the body. Um, yeah, so that is a, that is a Wendigo. And yeah, it's quite terrifying. Okay, what I've got from this is that as scared as I am, the Wendigo is just really hungry. Yeah. And I can kind of relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think he's that bad, but yeah. he's still kind of terrifying. Yeah. Ooh. Hey, guys. Erica here again. I am trying to be quiet because Kyle is laying next to me and sleeping. It's adorable. Anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Stephanie and Nicole. Um, feel free to follow us at Cheers from the Grave. That's on Facebook, cheersfromthegrave.com is our website. Um, Cheers from Grave at Twitter, Cheers from the Grave at Instagram, all that other fun stuff. Um, And again, if you have any stories or anything like that, personal stories, please email us at cheersfromthegrave at gmail.com. Thank you again for your patience with us. And thanks. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. So cheers and spooks. You guys are awesome. Thank you. I'm going to exercise you.